Are you attending Shop Talk? If you are, I hope that you're ready for the AI-driven future of commerce. If not, you can get ready by joining us and our friends from IM Digital, a leading retail experience agency, to learn about the future of commerce. You can join their March 18th event taking place at Shop Talk exclusively with your invite from Future Commerce. Find out more today at events.imdigital.com. It's kind of true. We've always been kind of under the radar. I don't think anyone realized like how big or how profitable we were. So when that press release went out, I love seeing it all over Twitter. People were just like, what? So I think that was amazing to see. And that's why like, I always think substance over style because there are brands out there that get a lot of buzz, that look great, great brand, but, but still I would choose substance over style. Welcome to Archetypes, a podcast by Future Commerce. I'm Kristen Vensel. Even with just a glance over the course of history, it's easy to see how important and powerful story has been throughout time. We humans thrive on story, whether we are the storytellers or the listeners. We feel connected to others through story. Archetypes is an exploration of the roles that we play in the story of a brand and features interviews with people who create the brands and experiences that are changing our world. It's an investigation into how we, as people, take part in these stories, ultimately making them our own. No matter who you are in this world, you engage in commerce. Commerce touches every living soul. We all have a role to play. We all have a story to tell. Archetypes is the story of commerce. Hero, the protagonist who is victorious over struggles and trials. The hero is a beacon of hope for generations of citizens who feel uncertain about their future or struggle in their daily lives. The hero serves as an admirable example to us, and their behavior influences our own. The hero's attitude is to do what is best, even when that involves sacrifice. The hero learns as they go, learning from others— and lifting others up. When we look at the brand landscape, who do we see as the hero? What are the hero brands doing to impact the story of commerce? Ju Ru, founder of Hero Cosmetics, offers us a look at how her hero's journey has impacted her partners, her team, her customers, and even her competitors. Welcome to this episode of Archetypes. Where did you sell the first unit? Do you remember when you finally got the actual package? Like, where did the first unit get sold? Do you know? On Amazon. Really? What was the yeah, brand called I, at that point? Was that was it Mighty Patch? So the product was always Mighty Patch, and we did have a, a brand name Hero. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was called Mighty Patch, and uh, I mean, interesting. Earlier on, we were talking about sort of like psychology and consumer behavior and stuff, and. The name was really, really intentional because uh, I think like acne is such an emotional category and in a negative way because people who break out and have bad skin, you panic and you feel bad about yourself and you um, get really insecure. There was data that showed that um, people become a lot more introverted when they have bad skin. Like you don't want to see people because you're embarrassed. 
And so knowing what I knew the power of this product was, it was really important for me that the name be very kind of emotional and very positive. Because there were other, I remember there were other products that were called like Master Fit Hydrocolic Acne Patch or something like that. It just wasn't, um, it just wasn't emotional to me. It wasn't emotional enough. And so, you know, we were kind of debating names and it's actually my co-founder who came, who came up with Mighty Patch and I loved it. I was like, oh, I, I love it because it, it signifies strength, but also I think like optimism, it's really positive, it's punchy. Um, and so even with the branding hero, it's sort of the same thing. Like, I mean, it's really simple, but it also evokes, I think, what the product does and the role that product plays in someone's life. And I think the name, the naming, um, we definitely got right in the beginning. The brand says a lot without having to beat you over the head with it. Um, it's funny. There's there's definitely a uh, sort of like a necessary element to storytelling and people bringing their own context to it. And so Mighty Patch to me, it's it's like, oh, well, it it's strong. It, it can work. It does a good job, right? It's I wouldn't say it's an overly clinical brand. So you do have a little bit of whimsy. There's sort of like a hand-drawn arrow that I think is sort of indicative on the packaging. It's like, you know, and, and it shows sort of that, yeah, it's, and that for me, having seen it on the shelf for years, you know, that's, to me, it brings a little air of, it's, this is not, this is not like a, a clinical stuffy yeah, super brand. scary, like right. dermatologist clinical brand. Right, mm-hmm. right. And and that seems like it was serious. a choice. It seems like it was a yeah. choice um, and very approachable from from early on. When we started, even though we started on Amazon, I always knew this business would be an omnichannel business because when you have a pimple emergency, two-day free shipping is great, but like, but nothing yep. sometimes uh, is as good as being able to walk into a store and pick up a product that same day. Like it's that kind of urgent, you know? Um, so we launched on Amazon found traction pretty quickly on Amazon. I immediately started pitching retailers and we got ourselves into anthropology. So we launched, so t- the chronology is September, 2017, we launched on Amazon. Um, I started pitching retailers January, 2018. We launched in anthropology with an 80 store test. It did extremely, extremely well after a week in market. And she said, I'm launching you nationwide. The rest of 2018 was really specialty retailers like Neiman Marcus and Urban Outfitters and Wearing Goop and, um, you know, smaller kind of boutique type of um, specialty chains. And then and then we launched in Target in 2019. So 2022 now. So, yeah, we've really been in Target for about three years. And Target did not know what to do with us because they were like, oh, it's a really interesting product but you don't have many SKUs. And when you're in store, um, you know, you kind of need minimum like three to five SKUs to have some kind of presence. And so the compromise was um, they decided to launch us in the mini section with one SKU. So it's, uh, the mini section is kind of a discovery area. Everything's under $10. It's kind of like a trial and travel type of um, sure. environment, kind of like a cash wrap at, at Sephora. A lot of small things that you can just sort of, you know, pick up and um, at your cart. And so we launched with a SKU there. And that SKU, I mean, it's it became a multi-million dollar SKU like in year one. 
And then after that, we got awarded a bunch more SKUs and Empire has slowly been building. Okay. Amazing chronology. Thank you. The Anthropology launch. So you focused on on retail in 2018. Anthropology was maybe the first place where you could go and go buy your own product on a shelf. Did you do that? That's right. I went to my local anthropology. I went to the store. I was so excited. I started taking photos. I took a video. So I definitely went into anthropology and ad. Did you message anyone and say, everybody go buy it? Quick, like oh, we yeah. have to, yeah. Oh, you do that, yeah, right? Yeah, Everyone yeah, yeah. does that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a we proud did. moment. It, of course. Yeah. Does, what is that like when you see something that you've you've made in, in the real world? Like, does it, are you numb to it now to some degree? No. No? It still blows you away every time. It seems like you've stayed extremely true to a very narrow category in which you are the standout success. And there's been others, and I've mentioned them along the way. You know, Starface definitely got a lot of love along the way, not to make you comment on them, but it's a small world and I'm sure you know who they are. I'm sure they know who you are. Did you ever have a moment where you're thinking, gosh, all these people are getting all this love. Why doesn't anyone love us? And then fast forward and now everybody seems to have been your biggest supporters all along. And you're like, where the hell have you been? No one was talking about us, right? We're over here crushing it. And now you're all on my coattails. Where have you been for two years? (laughs) Right. It's kind of true. We're yeah, we I mean, we've always been kind of under the radar. I don't think anyone realized like how big or how profitable we were. So when that press release went out, I I think I mean, I love seeing it all over Twitter. People were just like, what? So I think that was amazing to see. And I always think substance over style because there are brands out there that got that get a lot of buzz that look great, had a, you know, they have a great brand, but still, I would choose Substance Over Style. Future Commerce is brought to you by the Payment Services for Adobe Commerce team. Payment Services empowers Adobe Commerce and Magento OS merchants with simplified, secure, centralized payment processing. Learn more now at adobe.com slash go slash payments. Did you ever, during this last few years, ever ask if you were really the the person that's cut out to do this? Like, I mean, the 660 people is probably not all that, not too much. But when you're all over the place and you have your spread thin, you know, you're trying to launch new SKUs, you're constrained with suppliers, you're trying to raise money. Now that's your job. Your job is to also work on capital allocation. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Maybe at some point you you might have said, wow, like, how did we get here? And am I going to be able to take us to that, to where we need to go? That ever crossed your mind? Not yet, but I think but I do ask myself that in terms of the future, because I do ask myself, like, when is it going to be better for like a real professional CEO to come in? And when is the right time for me to step aside and take another role? I mean, so far things are going great. So now is not the time. And I don't know, maybe it's never. I have no idea. But I definitely have the philosophy that I'll always do what's right for the business. And if I'm no longer the right person, then I will gladly, you know, step aside and and make room for a real professional. Part of the entrepreneurial journey and the hero journey is you kind of, it's, I mean, a lot of it you you learn on the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn from other people around you. But I think, yeah, sometimes there's a moment where 
need someone who might already have a lot of the answers. Who's your hero? Who's my hero? That's a really good question. I'm in this period where I really believe in having a really good founders network. And what happens is as your business, um, as you see like step changes in your business, sometimes your peers have to change because, mm. you know, if you're when you're running like a sub $10 million business, you have one set of problems. When you're running a $50 million plus dollar business, you have another set of problems. When you're running, you know, a hundred million dollar plus business and you've been acquired, you have a totally different set of problems. Yep. And so right now I kind of am resetting to, you know, um, have a different kind of peer set. Uh, I talked to Scott Norton a lot. I don't know if you know him. He is one of the co-founders of Sir Kensington's hmm. condiments brand. They sold that to Unilever. Um, he's just an awesome person and a great resource for, uh, you know, kind of co-founder post-transaction life. Um, I am very honored recently to have gotten to know Tom Ranks, who's one of the, he's the co-founder of Sumbum, um, also a creative genius. And I, you know, I really look up to just, I think the kind of instinct and gut that he has for the consumer space and uh, just, he's just really talented too. Wow. I'm always impressed. So you might be able to tell I'm a former musician. Well, I'm still a musician, but yes, yeah, <laughs> formerly that. tried to be a professional musician. And, you know, the, the most famous, you know, I would say heroic uh, musicians always have some obscure person as the person that they hold in high esteem and to where their own. Honestly, Billy Corgan looks up to David Bowie, but he would cite you know, some obscure other influences saying like, oh, no, no, it was it was actually it was uh, I'm constantly amazed at people that at the highest levels of success or fame or however we hold they they pull out a, uh, a, a Tom Ranks or a Scott Martin who has never been mentioned on Twitter, not once. I think that that's really interesting. Want to know the rest? You can read more of Jews incredible hero story by getting your copy of the Archetypes Journal at archetypesjournal.com. Archetypes is brought to you by Future Commerce. Discover the world of archetypes, take the archetypes quiz, and get the archetypes journal at archetypesjournal.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast and all Future Commerce properties at futurecommerce.com. 